Please turn in your Bibles to Numbers 11. And I am bringing you my Thanksgiving service. Uh, Pastor Rodney was very gracious to fill in for me. Uh, and I was visiting my, my daughter and family down in below Nashville, Murfreesboro, as a matter of fact, went to a, their church, was a, which is a giant church. And, I mean, it's almost like the Jordan Center, if you've ever seen that from the inside. And, oh, my goodness, it was very, it was very inspiring. They had service on Saturday night, plus three on Sunday morning and two or three Sunday nights, I guess. And we were, the, the, their church was on the way home from the airport on Saturday, so we went to church Saturday night, blue jeans and flannel shirt, my travel clothes. Didn't know that was going to happen, and it, it was. It was a very inspiring service, and wow. But I was very excited. I'm very excited to have the opportunity to bring this message to you, thankfulness. This message compares thankfulness, criticism, and complaining. You can't be thankful, which is a great place to be, even to be thankful for the hard things, the hard things in our lives. We learn more from the hard things. I want you to remember this. Complaining and thankfulness do not mix because they are opposite emotions. The complainer often sets himself up as the higher authority. First about this, the importance of thankfulness. Thankfulness is the acknowledging of someone, of someone as the source of a benefit. It's the acknowledging of someone. I've lost, a, lost one here, but we'll find it. Thankfulness is an important basic emotion. Thankfulness is foundational and goes to the core of a person's heart and can control a person's life and happiness. The unthankful person looks at something and complains about it. The thankful person looks at something and praises God for the lessons they can learn from it. Psalms 100, 4 and 5. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Verse 5, 4. The Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to all generations. Not just yours, but those below you and your families. If you are a thankful person, that has been passed down. If you're a critical, complaining person, that has been passed down. And it can, it can affect your life and their lives for their, for their eternity if you're not careful. We go to Colossians 3, verse 14. 
And above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfectness, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, to God and the Father by Him. Thankfulness is looking at something and blessing the Creator, looking at someone and blessing them and being grateful to them. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, give glory to God for it. I have a warning. I have a warning. A critical, complaining spirit steals thankfulness and joy from our heart. It's like a sponge. We have thankfulness for the things we have. Look at the positive things you have. Is it perfect? No, it's not perfect. Is it, is it wonderful? No, it's not wonderful. We are to accept things in this case and be careful that the critical spirit that we might have will sponge away your thankfulness and joy. Remember, complaining and thankfulness don't mix because they are opposite emotions. The, the complainer often sets himself up as the higher authority. Is there more, are there more than one way to do things? Of course. And just because someone doesn't do it your way doesn't mean they're wrong. They chose a different way. And to complain about someone else's choices, if, especially if God is using them in a mighty way. So I take all this back, and I had asked you to be ready in Exodus. In Exodus chapter 16, verse 13. Exodus, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. You know the story, and especially if you've been coming on Sunday nights, how Moses went through the desert for 40 years, basically, and the people, and the people didn't have anything to eat. And God made manna. God provided manna flakes of bread to come out of the sky and it fed them for 40 years Exodus 16:13 and it came to pass that even the the quails came up and covered the camp and in the morning the dew lay round about the host and when the dew that lay was gone up behold upon the face of the wilderness there lay a small round thing this is like a snowflake that didn't melt. As small 
as the hoarfrost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, This is manna. For they knew not what it was. And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. If you'll skip to verse 31 in that chapter. And the house of Israel called the name thereof manna. And it was like a coriander seed white. And the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Skip to verse 35. And the children of Israel did eat manna 40 years until they came to a land that was inhabited. They did eat manna until they came unto the borders of the land of Canaan. But too much of a good thing taken for granted ends with complaining. I have, all week long I've been, been praying for this particular sermon to touch your hearts. We end up taking for granted so many things in our lives. So many people in our lives and often it is the dearest people to us that we take for granted. The Lord, we often take Him for granted. So important to understand. Too much of a good thing taken for granted ends with complaining. I'm now in Numbers 11. Numbers 11. I love hearing those pages turn. Numbers 11 verse 1. And the, when the people complained. And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. And the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burnt among them, and consumed them that were in the uttermost, the outlying parts of the camp. And the people cried unto Moses, and when Moses prayed unto the, the Lord, the fire stopped. And he called the name of the place Teborah because the fire of the Lord burnt among them. And the, the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting. And the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us meat to eat? We remember the fish which we did it, eat in Egypt freely. We remember the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. Boy, all that sounds good. But now our soul is dried away. Is dried away. There is nothing at all besides this stupid, dumb manna every day. Every day. Uh, I don't mean to complain with her here, my wife. Do you know how many mornings a week I get oatmeal? And I do thank you and I praise you for making it so special. But she's trying to help me with my new diet restrictions. And I guess it's working, but there's hardly any taste to oatmeal. 
I think there is hardly any taste to manna. Try eating oatmeal for 40 years every morning. That's what they went through. You know, the very first bowl she gave me, steel-cut oatmeal, it was delicious. Hadn't had it for a while. I always use that instant stuff. It was just wonderful. But day in and day out, it gets old. That's taking it for granted. They took God's gift to them for granted, and it made God angry. When we take things, when we take people, when we take wives, husbands, our children for granted, it makes God angry. They are gifts. We need to look at our mates, our families. They're not perfect. But they're gifts from God. We need to look at each other as if they were gifts from heaven for us. And in some cases, for us to endure. It's a building of patience sometimes as, as personalities flourish. But be careful. Be very careful. God, God is acquainted I was, but now our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all beside this manna. I, I substitute oatmeal. <laughs> she went out and bought a tub of blueberries to spice it up. That didn't work, Bonnie. I go out to breakfast with, with uh, some of you on, on Monday mornings, and here's, here's Rodney getting two plates of food stacked up that high, but he is on a diet. And here I am with my cheese omelet. But it's okay, that's only once a week, isn't it? Be careful. Be careful, because what we... What we take for granted often are also the dearest things in our lives. Uh, let a car go down. Let a car break down that you've been taking for granted. You get in, turn the key, and go. Then when you miss it, how terrible is that? Your whole life gets turned upside down. We take so many things, and though many of these things are gifts from heaven, our children, our grandchildren, son-in-laws, daughter-in-laws, husbands and wives. Be careful. When, when that, this line here, there's nothing at all except what God's provided. What God has provided. Often what God provides isn't perfect. But if it's what God has provided... We are to accept it, love it, and be grateful. God is acquainted with the secret complaints of our heart. He knows them. Though they are often concealed from others, God's anger was kindled because of complaining. But God gives us permission to complain sometimes when it's to him. 
We're allowed to complain to God, just not about God. Psalms 142, 2 and 3. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, complained to God. David, having much going on in his life, most of which was his fault. Most of, his, of it was his propensity to sin. Most of it was uh, his mistakes. He didn't complain ab about it, about God. He complained to God. Complained to God, not about God. And that first part, I poured out my complaint. I showed him my trouble. Wow. Ten, ten truths about thankfulness. I used this list five years ago, so you might remember it, but I want to remind you. Ten truths about thankfulness. First, we must accept the manna which God has given us. We must accept God's provisions with thankfulness as gifts from heaven. That's a very important principle for our lives. Two, don't take the good things for granted. Be thankful for what you do have. Huh. Three. A complaining spirit defeats a thankful heart and causes perpetual sadness and stirs up God's wrath. Stirs up God's wrath. But a thankful heart defeats a critical spirit and causes gladness, happiness, and joy. I, I was 18, and my, my house was on the farthest outskirts of Dayton, Ohio, suburb, Kettering. And the college I had chosen was downtown, was downtown Dayton, Sinclair University. And I was having to make that commute and I, I don't know, 20 miles, but grandma and grandpa, grandma and grandpa had uh, a home just off the main thoroughfare to go downtown, three miles away from my college. So I moved in, I moved in, and uh, I had this little bedroom and uh, back and forth. It wasn't bad at all to go home for study or whatever. And I, I just remember developing this very special bond with my grandmother and grandfather. I kind of somewhat had a dysfunctional family. Most of you told the stories. Uh, my dad, a workaholic, and a lot of the work around the home fell upon me. A lot of the discipline fell upon me as the oldest. And I... Uh, didn't get to see the, the true husband-wife relationship. Loving, kind, sweet, serving, 
And I got to witness that for a, a full year. Then I got drafted. Now that's another story. Uh, then, uh, Grandma, my grandma, my grandmother, was in a bad wreck. She was rear-ended, and she had severe whiplash. Boy, you could see the light in her go down. For weeks and weeks and weeks, she was the saddest, mopiest, hard woman to be around. Before, she had this bright light in her that all her family, 30, 30 grandchildren and great-grandchildren, this light went off, went down, and uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't highly religious. I wasn't, I wasn't spiritual or godly, but I said, Grandma, I got to talk to you. You are allowing this one bad thing. Do you have a bad thing? You are allowing this one bad thing to occupy your life, to control your life. And you've got a lot of people who look up to you as being this wonderful Christian woman. She used to take us to church. What I remember about that was, ladies in the 50s, you always carried that little hanky, and she would wet it with her tongue and then wipe your face with it. That's all I really remember about my childhood going to church. And all of us would just cringe when she'd go to wipe our face with her licked hanky. But she was a godly woman. She loved the Lord, and she was our example. And I confronted her, and I said, you are having a bad effect upon all those that love you. You're complaining and critical, and your light's gone out. I don't know what you have to do. I wasn't spiritual. I don't know what you have to do, but get it back. And I say that to each one of you who have one particular overriding problem that is keeping you from joy and happiness. It wasn't fun being in the wilderness for 40 years, eating manna, one time eating quail, and having drinking water that came out of a rock. That wasn't enjoyable or fun. But especially for Moses, he endured it. He took it and he endured the people who were the complainers about it all the time. A thankful heart turns the light back on, defeats a critical spirit, and causes gladness, happiness, and joy. Number four, a critical spirit wears everyone out. It wears, I mean, we might, you might have a physical problem, might have pain and suffering you're enduring. I've been there, and I, uh, just point out to you that it wears everyone out when you let your light go out. It is better to dwell in a corner of a housetop than with a brawling woman, an argumentative woman in a wide house. Read it again because, men, I'm coming to you. You've got your own verse coming. But Proverbs 21, 9, 
it is better to dwell in a corner of a housetop. And they had, they had furniture on their roofs than with a brawling, argumentative person in a wide house. Wait a minute. Who wrote Proverbs? Solomon. How many wives did he have? <laughs> Mike knew. Proverbs 21, 19, it is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. I'm adding the word person. It is better to live in the wilderness than with a contentious, argumentative, and angry person. Now these are two verses from Solomon speaking about his wives. But Proverbs 26, 21, as the coals are to burning coals, how they start fires, and as wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. Again, a critical spirit wears everyone out. You're not fun to be around. If you want to know why they're Keeping you at arm's length, you're not fun to be around. A critical spirit wears everyone out. Number five, this is a thoughtful question. What are you most thankful for? Says a lot about you. Says a lot about you. And all week long, I knew I was going to be asking you this question. And I've been, so I've been searching it in my life and in my heart. What are you most thankful for? It says a lot about you. We have so much that we could be thankful for that we hardly even think about or dwell on. We take it for granted. Mike's, Mike's uh, sermon in his song was about, about heaven. Don't cry for him. I know somebody that will probably, huh, Beck? So, uh, but don't, it's okay to grieve too, by the way. Uh, but I, I point out to you that whatever it is you're most thankful for says a lot about you. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you 10 seconds to tell the people around you, you love them are appreciative and you're thankful. Now. Now, out loud, tell them. <laughs> we need to say that often to each other. The person that just got hugged, the person that just got told is smiling right now. <laughs> okay. Exactly. What are you, whatever you're most thankful for says a lot about you. When you get down and sad, think about heaven. This isn't all there is. And we are going to move on to another life. Here's another one. Whether or not you are thankful to God 
says a lot about you. I, I don't know your prayer life, but in my daily prayer life, I go through a list every day of what I'm most thankful for to him. And I know it puts a smile because on his face because he's the, he's the giver. He chose my wife for me. He chose my family. He chose my church for me. Whether or not you are thankful to God says a lot about you. I'm going to read to you a passage from Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse because that when they knew God they glorified him not as God neither were they thankful because that when they knew God they didn't give him glory and they weren't thankful for what he's given and what he's done as and I speak especially to the older generations has everything turned out like you planned it? Anybody? No. But this is life and this is our race and we plan things and then we get obstacles. And part of what we're planning has to do with people and their personalities, their propensities to sin. People won't cooperate with your plan. Imagine that. Whether or not you're thankful to God says a lot about you. The rest of that verse, but be, they became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools because they know better. They know better than God. They're doing it their way. Very quickly, go to number seven. To be appreciated is a basic need of all people. To be appreciated. That, and I always bring this up for Father's Day. Parents want to be appreciated. Husbands and wives want to be appreciated for what they do. For, what they, for, for the sacrifices they make. And often, the least grateful person in the whole wide world is usually our children. They take, they take our work and sacrifice for granted. They take the food we put on the table for granted. They take all these things for granted. And that stirs up what? That stirs up emotions in us. It was a couple of it was a couple of Father's Days ago when I pointed out stop expecting them to not take you for granted because they will. They are. They do take things for granted. To be appreciated is a basic need of all people. So I'd better stop right here and say, Bonnie, I appreciate you and the oatmeal. 
Number eight, Jesus Christ desires and deserves our appreciation. Does he not? Do we take for granted his presence, his power? Do we take for granted that should some storm come, he'll come, he'll get us out of it and we're not appreciative? Do we take for granted what lies ahead of us in our, in our lives in heaven? Probably yes. Jesus Christ desires our appreciation. Number nine and ten, same screen. Be thankful to others. Be thankful to Jesus. Develop that thankful attitude. And when a criticism or complaint starts to surface, push it back and be thankful. And it's something you learn. By some of our ages, it's been a long time we've had this critical spirit. And with that said, it's work. This has been a Thanksgiving type message, but as I thought more on it, I also probably developed this later. I see it as a Christmas gift. The greatest Christmas gift we can give to each other is gratefulness and thankfulness and forgiveness. The greatest gifts we can give for the Christmas season. And you won't find these things on Black Friday. They're not anything you can buy. They come from within. To be grateful to others for their sacrifices, for their for what they go through, for working 40, 50 hours a week, in, in my dad's case, 90 some hours a week sometimes. We just took, it was life. It was like breathing air. We took it for granted, I'm sure. As the musicians come, I'd like for us to close in prayer. And I, again, I point out how grateful I am to you to come on a bad weather day such as this. Lord Jesus Christ, oh God, you are our God, our authority in all things. We love you. You're so loving to us. You're so forgiving. You're so merciful regardless of our, of our mistakes. You're so loving and merciful, Lord. Let us not take these things for granted. Let us, Lord, receive our gratefulness to you. Lord, I see, so, I see no one here new to give an invitation, but I invite all these people to show appreciation to you, thankfulness to you, and appreciation and thankfulness to one another. And I invite them to notice if they have, Lord, if they have taken any anything for granted for too long. Help us, Lord, to appreciate the manna, the people you have given us in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.